Heading down to the big smoke of Invercargill this afternoon on the muster where we are catching up with Carl Erickson, Principal Land Sustainability Officer at Environment Southland as these guys join us pretty much weekly on the programme. Uh, Carl, welcome to the programme. How's things? I'm oh, very good. Thank you, Andy. Carl, we're going to focus today um, regarding, winter, regarding winter grazing. Um, firstly, the year's gone pretty well, hasn't it? By all accounts, and Environment Southland's been very proactive on social media, so um, kudos there regarding farmers and activities, regarding winter grazing, it's all gone pretty well. Yeah, it has. Um, we knew from you know our, our pre-season uh, look around and proactive engagement programme that farmers were very well prepared and, uh, you know, it would appear that um, the activity, the farmers carrying out the activity of undergrazing, it's, it's translated and that good preparation is translated into good um, good practices. So, yeah, I mean, compliance have, have done their, their three flights this season um, and I think they've identified five issues um, that were to be followed up by compliance and, and there's, but there's three that would go to compliance, but uh, two that would, would be looking after in the uh, land sustainability department because they're not quite a, you know, a level of um, severity that needs to be. So, yeah, that can be handled by us. But, yeah, all in all, Andy, it's been really pleasing to see uh, when you can compare it back to 2019. It's just a stark difference in the way farmers are handling this activity now. So it's really, really good to see. And that's the thing, you'd say 2019, um, I don't know what the figure is, well, in comparison, I suppose, what was 2019 like compared to 2022 as far as the flights? Well, I, I don't have the numbers on me, um, but I do recall there were several follow-ups our compliance team had to undertake in that season. Um, but bear in mind, there were some weather-related issues as well, but no, certainly there was there was a lot more to deal with then than there is now. Um, there's no doubt that uh, preparations and carrying out of the activity is much better. So we're looking forward to next season already. People are looking at what they need to do to get paddocks um, lined up for uh, sowing for next year as far as winter crops. There, there are There is change in the wind. It hasn't been confirmed as of yet because, as we all know, um, farming advocacy groups, sorry, amongst others, are um, going back to Minister Parker saying we need a few things to change. But just give us a bit of an idea, Carl, first. Um, what has changed regarding winter grazing rules to this stage? Okay, so you, you remember there was, when the, rule, the rules came out, there were, there were um, rules around slope and extent and pugging and re-sowing and buffering and critical source areas. Yeah. Um, there's been no change to the slope, so the 10 degrees is still a requirement, and the extent, which is the 50 hectares or 10%, whatever's greater, land holding. But the changes have been, um, the re-sowing is now... It's a standalone duty to establish ground cover as soon as practical after grazing. So no bare ground, no black ground for um, for the minimum possible time. And the pugging, you might remember there was a pugging oh, yes. um, a rule around, well, who could forget? Um, <laughs> Basically, yeah, but continue, sorry. Yeah, but this has now been replaced with a standalone duty to take all reasonable practical steps to minimise the effect on pugging on fresh water. Um, so, yeah, um, the other change, um, subsurface drains are now excluded from intensive winter grazing paddocks. But I guess the big one, Andy, is, is now, now that how critical source areas have to be managed. They have to be protected and left un ungrazed. Um, left, uh, vegetation is ground cover and not cultivated an annual forage crop. Okay, So these areas are just no-go zones now. Yeah. Um, and so that's, I guess, perhaps the biggest key change to the 
of the, the rules. Um, but you see it when you're in your travels as well. Gee, I seen it the other day coming back from Fiordland. Uh, the crops has been occurring, especially through the Mosburn area as well, close to the road. Um, everybody looks as though they've adhered to the rules pretty well, especially regarding critical source too. So it's just a continuation of good practice. That's right, yeah. We've been encouraging this for quite some time now, haven't we, around critical source area management? Stay out of your CSAs um, and you know, leave, leave them uncultivated, leave them as filters because we know through research, through good research at Ag Research that was undertaken by the likes of Monaghan and Orchiston some years ago that um, you know we can, we can save up to 90% of contaminant loss if we manage our critical source area as well. And this is proven research, so this is why uh, we're starting to see these sorts of um, rules in, in place around CSAs. We just know that they, they do save a lot of contaminant loss. And just finally, Carl, um, you've been pretty comprehensive of what's required. There is talk regarding consents if farm plants aren't in use, although it's to be continued, this discussion. Um, from your perspective, if this, if this was to come to fruition, um, what would be involved? Yeah, well, firstly, we want to encourage people to stay within permitted activity criteria if they possibly can. And we do understand that there will be some that simply can't, do, probably mainly due to slopes and things like that. Um, but but if they do need to apply, apply for consent, then we do have a process available for an online consenting process. Um, and also you can apply for consents through, through hard copy as well. Um, this is available on the Environment Southland's website and it does involve a registration and um, a, a body of questions around the activity and um, you know the paddocks used and intensive wonder grazing plans and things like that. Um, but it is available and as you say, you know, there could well be some changes to all of this. We just don't know yet. There's a bit of... Um, uh, lobbying going on and things like that but at the moment what we do know is that um, from the 1st of November this, these rules come into effect and um, if people are required to go down that consent pathway then we do have the, the, those processes in place. Carl Erickson, Principal Land Sustainability Officer and Environment South and thanks for your time on the muster. No problem at all Andy, thanks for having us. Carl Erickson there from Environment Southland and the winter grazing rules. We've talked about it and like Carl reiterated there, there is nothing set in concrete at the moment. But just to give you an idea, um, especially regarding the consents, there's still a lot of water to go under the bridge there. But um, the other things there, the slope, the resowing dates, uh, the buffer zones, critical source manager, critical source area management, I should say. Um, yeah, it's all there. If you've got any concerns, look, go onto the Environment Southland website, have a look for yourself, and um, yeah, due course, things will happen. Um, up next on the program, we are catching up with John Bannerman from Bannerman Crookshank Pride here in Gore.